Welcome back to another edition of the 49er Way podcast. My name is Jay Sahoda, and don't forget to give the 49er Way a follow on Instagram for more 49ers news and analysis. It's been another big week in the NFL and a lot to get to, and a lot to get to on today's episode, starting with obviously players finally reporting to training camp, players opting out of the 2020 NFL season. We'll touch upon Raheem Mostert's contract situation. He is he is going to be a 49er this season and next season. We'll get to that in a little bit. John Lynch also signed a contract extension. We will get to that in a little bit as well. And also, he did address the media this week to start training camp, and we'll talk about some of the stuff that he addressed there. We will also talk about the big trade within the NFC West, Jamal Adams getting traded from the New York Jets to the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk about what I like and what I don't like about that trade a little bit later. And lastly, I don't think a lot of you guys probably thought I was just joking when I said this last week. Yes, I'm going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and all the criticism and the hate that he gets on the daily. We're going to get to that as well. But let's start with obviously training camp. Players have reported. So far, it's just been rookies, quarterbacks, and injured players. The protocols that they will have to go through is they will have to go through two sets of coronavirus testing. And if they test negative, they will get to go into the facility and get to work. So obviously nothing is business as usual. Nothing about this offseason and training camp is going to be normal, if you will. Everything's going to be a little different and pushed back. Obviously there are no preseason games. Head coach Kyle Shanahan said it might not be a bad thing for the 49ers, but also as a head coach, it does kind of suck because you can't judge some of these younger guys in an actual game so there are pros and cons and we talked about that on the last episode how each team is going to be affected differently with having no preseason but it is what it is and the next time we're going to see a live football game is going to be week one and I certainly wouldn't anticipate it to be clean football week one but we'll see hopefully God willing that that will happen having said that not everyone has reported to training camp and that is because Players do have the option until Monday, August 3rd to opt out of the 2020 NFL season. So far, no 49ers have opted out. At least no one has heard of anything so far, which is a good thing, but still a few days to go. And we'll see, obviously, after this weekend if that changes. But so far, 31 players have opted out of the NFL season for this upcoming year. Some notable players that have opted out, former 49ers wide receiver Marquise Goodwin has opted out of the season for obvious reasons to protect his family. He just had a daughter a few months ago, so obvious reasons there. Nate Solder of the Giants is another guy. Patrick Chung, Donta Hightower, Marcus Cannon, and several other Patriots players have opted out. That, I think, is really the story of, of the week, is really looking at once the Patriots signed Cam Newton... They looked on the horizon again of, oh, Bill Belichick got Cam Newton. They're looking good. But now you lose a guy like Donta Hightower, arguably your best player on defense, and then a guy like Patrick Chung. Things aren't looking so good for the Patriots anymore. But then again, it is Bill Belichick, and who knows what his plan is. He could make a 3-13 and record look good if he could. That's just how great of a coach that he is. Some other players that have opted out, Devin Funches of the Green Bay Packers, I didn't even I completely forgot that he was even on Green Bay. 
But that's just one more weapon that Aaron Rodgers loses. Not that they gained a lot in the offseason anyways, but that is probably a, definitely something that Aaron Rodgers is not happy about looking at that. Eddie Goldman of Chicago's defense opted out, and so did Star Latulale of the Buffalo Bills on the D-line. That's a big a big uh, absence that the Bills will miss there too. And obviously, two players of the Kansas City Chiefs, Damian Williams, running back for the Chiefs, and offensive line, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif has also opted out. I think he has the most obvious reason out of all of them. Obviously, he is a part-time doctor as well as a football player and out of all the players decisions to opt out I really respect the heck out of Duvernay Tardif's decision to do that to go and help all the people and continue to work on the front line so I definitely respect the heck out of that and hopefully some more decisions for players to opt out coming in the next few days but hopefully this is about it so that would be a good thing and obviously I don't anticipate a lot of stars to opt out as well so there's that. On the 49ers front, as I said, no 49ers have opted out of the season yet, which is good. My feeling is I think a lot of this team just really wants to get back to the Super Bowl and really wants to get back to work. But at the end of the day, your health and safety and family is most important. But we'll see what happens in the next few days. It'd be great if the whole team stayed, but I would definitely understand if someone were to opt out. For news this week, obviously it's been the ongoing thing talking about contract situations within the 49ers, whether it be George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, John Lynch. Two out of those three were addressed this week. Raheem Mostert signed a contract, well, really not signed a new contract. He restructured his current contract to remain with the 49ers through 2021, which included a lot of incentives and bonuses so most are discontent with that I'm really happy that the 49ers were able to get that done I feel like if we lost Raheem Mostert I really didn't think it'd be the end of the world but after what he could after what he did last season the sky's the limit for this guy and I think he realized it too that here I am I'm in an amazing situation in San Francisco set to be the number one running back in Kyle Shanahan's system I'd be crazy to leave so I'm happy they got that done. I think Raheem's going to be fantastic next year. And with this running back room that they have with Jet McKinnon coming back and Jeff Wilson and Tevin Coleman, it's a great running, it's a great running back room. And I'm really looking forward to see how those guys do this season. And I really think Raheem's in for a great year, maybe even a thousand yard rushing season. Who knows? The other contract extension that was made this week, general manager, John Lynch, obviously a lot of people questioned why he wasn't getting a contract extension as Kyle Shanahan previously signed a six-year extension earlier in the offseason and a lot of people were questioning why John Lynch hadn't done so obviously we now know the reason it was because of the pandemic which halted their contract talks John Lynch signed a five-year contract extension earlier this week and is officially going to be the 49ers general manager for the foreseeable future I love it I I love the fact that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are locked up for the next few years. Apparently, Jed York mentioned it to Lynch and Shanahan. I believe it was either before the Super Bowl, after they beat the Packers in the NFC title game, says, this offseason, I would like to take care of you guys and extend, and extend both Lynch and Shanahan this offseason to secure them for the foreseeable future. And let's be real, this is just something 
that the San Francisco 49ers organization, they have not had stability and consistency for I don't know how long. I think the longest tenure in the last decade or so was Jim Harbaugh of four seasons. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are entering their fourth year, and now that they've signed beyond that, I mean, as, as a 49er fan, I think it's just it's really comforting to know that. To know that you have two guys who have been on the same page, I don't buy any of the nonsense that people say there's a rift and blah, blah, blah. I, I truly don't think that, and I'll give you a prime example as to why I think that that's not true. I know John Lynch has taken defend, defensive players in the NFL draft in the first uh, round. Kyle Shanahan loved Brandon Ayuk and clearly mentioned that to John Lynch. And John Lynch traded up. He didn't have to do that. He could have sat back. But instead, he was like, no, no, we need Brandon Ayuk. And they traded up a few spots to get him. So things like that, I've noticed that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are on the same page. And if they weren't, Maybe that contract extension would have never been done in the first place, but it was done. And I don't buy any of that crap in the first place, but it really is just nice to see that consistency. And John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, I mean, I can't say enough about the job that they've done. They've done an absolutely incredible job from bringing a, inheriting an absolutely horrific roster and in three seasons making the Super Bowl. Like, I, I did not think that that was going to happen. I think it was going to happen gradually. I was expecting them to make the playoffs next year. Certainly not the Super Bowl. And this team just exceeded pretty much everyone's expectations, if you will. And the 49ers went all the way to the Super Bowl and obviously are expecting to be there again next year. So I love that John Lynch signed the contract extension. I love that Kyle Shanahan signed a contract extension. And I'm just happy that they are the GM and our head coach for the foreseeable future. You have... Lynch, who I have all the trust in the world to do what he does. Any move that he makes, I really don't question it. I think the only time I've questioned his decision-making was maybe the DeForest-Buckner trade. And after really thinking about it, I realized, I guess that that actually had to be done. Other than that, John Lynch has done an absolutely terrific job. And, you know, I'm not even going to get to Kyle Shanahan and what that guy has done. An absolutely incredible job as head coach. I know a lot of people are going to say, whatever about him and his play calling and in the Super Bowl and whatever the guy's done an amazing job he he did take us from a 6 and 10 and a 4 and 12 record to 13 and 3 Kyle Shanahan's scheme is amazing he is in my opinion the best offensive coach in the NFL period but anyways I'm just glad those guys are taken care of speaking of John Lynch he addressed the media this week and addressed the George Kittle contract situation and also addressed Debo Samuel's injury. He did say, to be realistic, even though Debo Samuel says he could be back for week one, John Lynch says, to be realistic about it, he is or he should be expected to miss a few games in September. So I did mention that last week as well. I would expect Debo Samuel to miss a few games, but who knows how that's going to go. John Lynch did address George Kittle's contract and says, They have emerged in talks again. However, nothing has really been come up in talks and it's still not very close, but they are back in talks. And this is something that John Lynch is very certain that it will get done soon. I really hope it gets done soon because I don't want people to continue talking about it and 
thinking about which George Kittle going to sign. George Kittle is a key, key, key element, if not the most important player on offense for us. In my opinion, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think George Kittle is probably second to that of the most important person on offense, and that's George Kittle. So hopefully that contract is done. I did say last week in my top five things the 49ers need to go right, I did mention that it would be great if George Kittle's contract is going to be done before week one, but who knows how that's going to go because no one really knows about the future of the cap and all that stuff. So we'll see what happens, but the good news is John Lynch's contract is taken care of. Raheem Mostert's contract is taken care of. Hopefully, George Kittle's contract is going to be taken care of next. So, on to the next piece of news. Jamal Adams. Obviously, this has been a rumor for the last about maybe a month or so that he wanted out of New York. The 49ers were linked to him. John Lynch, when he addressed the media, said they never even made a call. However, for some reason in the rumors, he's saying the 49ers were linked to him or not. This week, Jamal Adams finally found a trade partner, or the Jets finally found a trade partner, and sent them off to, of course, the Seattle Seahawks. And basically, the trade went like this. The Jets traded Jamal Adams to Seattle and a 2022 fourth rounder in exchange for Seattle safety Bradley McDougal a 2021 first rounder, a 2022 first rounder, and a 2021 third rounder. So a player and three draft picks for Jamal Adams and a fourth round pick. I I like the fact that the 49ers didn't budge for it. I didn't want Jamal Adams. I think if you get a player with that caliber your defense is instantly going to be better, bottom line. But we have two guys right now that when they're healthy, as you saw last season, I think both of them had their best season of their careers last year in Joukowsky, Tart, and Jimmy Ward. I think they had their best season of their career last year. But obviously, they are very injury prone. Both of them are injury prone. Tart, I believe, missed, I think it was the last four games of the season with an injury. So... There are things like that that worry me when it comes to health, but I certainly didn't think the Niners needed to get Jamal Adams to say, we're going to get over the hump and we're going to win the Super Bowl if we get Jamal Adams. I think currently we have a team and a defense that can take this team back to the Super Bowl. I really do. I mean, the the D-line is exactly the same. We're just replacing Kinlaw with Buckner. And other than that, everyone else is the same. The 49ers are bringing back 10 of 11 starters on defense. This was arguably the best defense in football last year. Certainly the best defensive front last year. So I didn't really think that. Having said that, of course, out of all the places, as I, you know, it'd be nice if he didn't get traded in the NFC West. Of course he gets traded to the NFC West. This happens every year. Seattle always does this. They always find a way to stay relevant. They always find a way to find someone, whether it's their run game, they find some unknown guy who comes in and has a fantastic year, or they bring back Marshawn Lynch in weeks. They always do something to make themselves relevant. Obviously, as a 49ers fan, I hate it. If I'm a Seahawks fan, I love it. And honestly, from a football fan standpoint, I have got to commend that. It's good stuff. 
you're doing a heck of a job and the Seahawks management is doing a hell of a job. But here's the negative for the Seahawks and the positive of why I think the 49ers did good by staying out of the Jamal Adams thing. You gave up a first rounder for the next two years. That is valuable. As we've seen for the 49ers, they got a first rounder for DeForest Buckner, turned that into Javon Kinlaw, and they ended up, because they already had their first pick, the 31st pick in general, they traded that up and they got Brandon Ayuk. As you've seen, the 49ers' first rounders in the past few years have been very valuable players other than 2017. Solomon Thomas, I pray to God that <laughs> that he has a breakout year this year. I really do. Other than that, Mike McGlinchey was taken in 2018. He's been a massive part of this offensive line and is going to be for the next God knows how many years. Hopefully, he's the next Joe Staley. And then this year, you go out, or 2019, sorry, you go out and get Nick Bosa. We all know how that went. Amazing pick. Arguably, John Lynch's best draft pick. And then, take that back. George Kittle was probably his best draft pick. But in the first round, Nick Bosa. And then you come to 2019 and you get Kinlaw and I. You can obviously, we won't really know how they're going to impact us until probably mid to late season because if they, I'll tell you this, if Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk come out in the first three games and they have an immediate impact, I would say John Lynch didn't hit a home run. The guy hit a grand slam because a lot of people have talked about that. These guys are, are week one ready players, right? They're guys that you can bring and you can start in the national football league right away. A lot of people have said that. So my thing is that with no preseason, if they come in and they make an impact with, we all know Ayuk is probably going to get thrown in the deep end early with Debo Samuel being out, that's a possibility. So my point here is 49ers draft picks are huge. John Lynch needs his draft capital, big time. And the Seahawks gave up three draft picks, two first rounders and a third rounder. That sucks for them. Now they don't have two first rounders for the next two years. Yeah, they have Jamal Adams, but they lost two first-round picks. And I think that is going to be the difference. The Niners now have their two first-round picks because draft capital, that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. So I do think that's the positive, and that's the negative for Seattle is they gave up two first-rounders. Having said that, does Jamal Adams make them better? Oh, yes, yes, he does. Yes, he does. That Seattle defense was already pretty decent, and you just got a whole lot better with Jamal Adams. I don't know how Seattle does it, but they always do it. They're a thorn in our side, and that's just not going to change. And I'm really excited for next season's games against them because it's going to be great. And mind you, we didn't even have George Kittle in that first game. George Kittle made a significant impact in the second game. Some people are saying the Seahawks went out and got Jamal Adams because they needed someone to guard George Kittle. I think that might be true. Could also be false because he didn't even play in the first game. So... We'll see what happens there, but I'm definitely looking forward to the Niners-Seahawks matchups next year. Um, I, of course, was definitely very upset when I first saw the notification. I said, of course, of course it was Seattle that, that traded for him. Out of, all the, out of all the NFL teams that it could have been, of, of course it goes to Seattle in an already ridiculously stacked NFC West. I mean, just there is talent across the board the Rams have talent even though they lost a lot of talent they still have some good talent there 
Seattle gets Adams, and they already got some great young talent. The Cardinals stocked up big time, and then, of course, the 49ers have a ton of talent as well. NFC West is going to be crazy, and the winner of this division this year, you know, they're going to earn it, and you know that. So there's that for Jamal Adams' trade, which brings me to Jimmy Garoppolo. This has been, I've been waiting to talk about this topic for a long time. I've waited for the opportunity to be able to talk about this topic because it's been killing me. It's been killing me, forget since the Super Bowl, even before the Super Bowl. It was almost like Jimmy Garoppolo overthrowing Emmanuel Sanders. People loved it. They loved it. They were like, this is the moment That we finally get to prove to everyone that thought Jimmy Garoppolo was the guy. That ha. Jimmy Garoppolo can't get it done on the big stage. And blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you. That overthrow. In my opinion, I don't even think it was an overthrow. I think Emmanuel Sanders gave up on the route. But it is what it is. I'm content with it now. It happened. It's whatever. You move on. Big deal. But when that happened. It seems like that's what everybody remembers. Nobody remembers the fact of how good he was playing in that first half. Nobody remembers what an outstanding throw he threw to George Kittle at the end of the second half that got called back on a pass interference. Nobody remembers that because it technically didn't happen, but it happened. Everyone seems to go to the negatives, but don't talk about his stats at halftime. Jimmy G was on fire in that game in the first half. Mind you, that sloppy interception was probably the only bad thing that happened that first half. Obviously, we start the second half. Niners go up 10. Jimmy G's having a game. It wasn't up until maybe the last five minutes that Kansas City Chiefs pressure did a hell of a job of pressuring Jimmy Garoppolo. They did. I'm going to give the credit where it's due. Our offensive line did not play good in that fourth quarter at all. It's a team game. You can't blame things on one person. I've said, again, a lot of people like to blame Jimmy Garoppolo on the loss in the Super Bowl. I blame Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, but I don't blame it all on him. I could probably get to maybe 10 different people or plays to blame before I get to Jimmy Garoppolo. His overthrow to Emmanuel Sanders was certainly one of them, but guess what? If Richard Sherman and Emmanuel Mosley didn't screw up on you know a possession before and give up a big play from Mahomes to Tyree Kill... Jimmy G wouldn't even be wouldn't even be in that position to try to make that throw. Don't forget the 49ers were up 10. The defense allowed the Chiefs to come back in the game. But anyways, I can sit here and talk about that all day. But my point is, yeah, is Jimmy G faulted for the 49ers lost in the Super Bowl? Yeah, of course he is. He's a starting quarterback. And I go to also to say this too. If you're the quarterback of an organization like the San Francisco 49ers and you've won, you have a history of winning five Super Bowls in the past and you make a Super Bowl and you don't win, of course you're going to get people talking about you saying he didn't get it done, right? The Niners were 5-0 and prior to 2012 in a Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick's quarterback fell short, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback this year, didn't get it done. You've got to get it done to be put up in that Joe Montana, Steve Young class. That's just how it goes. And I personally have no doubt that Jimmy G will get back there. And I say that because the guy only has, what, less than, he has 29 starts in his career. 
29. Like that's it. That's all that's all he started. He's been in the he's been in the league for 6 years. But he's only started 29 games. He's coming off of his first full season as an NFL starting quarterback. His first. It's amazing how much pressure a guy has. I get it. When when you only play 5 games and then you get a huge contract, yeah, I don't blame for I don't blame people for for putting that pressure on Garoppolo saying, "Hey, you got paid a big time contract." Right? At the time, I believe he was the highest paid player in the league at that time. If you're going to get paid big money, you got to step up to, to the plate and play big. That's that's just how it goes, right? Obviously, Jimmy G ended up tearing his ACL in week 3, didn't really get to show show for it. 2018 in those 3 games, he had a 59.6 completion percentage, 718 yards, 5 touchdowns, and 3 interceptions, and his record was 1-2. and two. It, it, it doesn't look that great, obviously. And it's 3 games. Who knows how the Niners would have fared that year. Maybe they would have went 9-7 and seven and just barely missed the playoffs. Maybe they go 10-6 and six and make it to the playoffs. Because don't forget, a lot of the guys were either younger or they didn't have some of the guys that they had in... 2019. Emmanuel Sanders wasn't there. Debo Samuel wasn't there. Dre Greenlaw, Quan Alexander, D4, Nick Bosa. So many players weren't there in 2018 when they were in 2019. So obviously you put all those players in. Again, it's a team game, not a single player. Obviously, I know a lot of people like to put pressure on quarterbacks, but it's whatever. Football's a team game. But those were Jimmy G's stat line in 2018. So I can understand that. But obviously, he only played three games. So at that point in time, he's only played eight regular season games. So you still don't have enough to really judge Jimmy Garoppolo, which brings us to last season, which is why last offseason, a lot of people were putting a lot of pressure on Jimmy G saying, this is the year. You got to prove it. And what does Jimmy G do? 69.1 completion percentage, 3,978 yards, just short of 4,000 yards for the season, 27 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. The number in there that obviously is a glaring weakness is his interceptions. No way in hell am I going to sit up here and be like, oh, and, and you know, support what Jimmy G did, which is what I'm doing. Having said that, I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, some of Jimmy Garoppolo's throws were a little ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. Some of his throws were a little too gutless, and you can't do that. And I think Kyle Shanahan noticed that. And that's probably why he just took, he simply took the ball out of his hands in the playoffs and ran our way to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to deny that. Some of his throws were just a little mind-boggling. But it's not a big thing. Again, I'm going to say this. 29 starts. This was his first full season and he threw 13 interceptions. Yeah, great. It's whatever. It's almost like you're a rookie, right? When a rookie comes in and they have high expectations... You know they're going to make mistakes like that. But yet Jimmy Garoppolo, he won football games. He threw 13 interceptions, but he went 13-3. and And the golden thing here that people forget, oh, Jimmy G needs to win a game, and Jimmy G needs to win a game with his arm. Jimmy G won both Cardinals games with his arm. He won a Rams game week 16. With his arm. He won week 14 against the Saints. Which where, where we dropped 
48 points on Drew Brees. 48. He won that game too. And mind you, that Seattle game in week 10 with no George Kittle, a banged up Debo Samuel, a banged up Marquise Goodwin, and a banged up Emmanuel Sanders, the running game was nowhere. Jimmy G took us to overtime and Seattle literally had to beat us on the last second of overtime. The Niners offense was completely depleted that night. But no, Jimmy G still doesn't get the credit where he deserves. It's amazing. It's amazing. And if you want numbers, I got numbers. Like I said, 29 starts. He's 23 and 6 for his career. He's 21 and 6 with the 49ers. 21 and 6. He started his career winning his first 7 games. And he started his first full season as a starter 8 no. Jimmy G was also ranked the first was ranked first in the NFL in deep pass accuracy in 2019. What was the 49ers record before Jimmy Garoppolo started a game in week 13? 1 in 10. 1 and 10. They were in a lot of games, but they couldn't finish any game. They couldn't win a close game for their life. What their life depended on it, the Niners could not win a close game for crap. The 49ers record with Kyle Shanahan without Jimmy Garoppolo, 4-20. and 20. The 49ers are 4-20. and 20. They have four wins with Kyle Shanahan without Jimmy Garoppolo. And the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo are 21-6. and made the Super Bowl in their first season. Jimmy Garoppolo, listen, Jimmy G is on an amazing team. George Kettle said it on ESPN First Take back in, I think it was April or May when they had him on. He said, he told Stephen A. Smith flat out, it's not Jimmy G's fault he's on a good team. If I'm a coach, and I'm Kyle Shannon, I said, hey, if the running game is working, why wouldn't I keep running, right? What am I going to do? Oh, we're up by 27, but you know what? Let's just let Jimmy G throw the rock around to just prove people wrong. No, we're trying to get to a Super Bowl here. We got to do what's what's working. And that's what Kyle Shanahan did. The Packers couldn't stop the run f- for their life. They couldn't stop the run game at all. There was It was Swiss cheese defense all over Levi Stadium that night. So why would you go to throw to throw the football? And I get it. A lot of people say, oh, Kansas City made him throw the football and he couldn't get it done. Again, Kansas City's defensive line was really good in the fourth quarter. Really good. Because before that, like I said, Jimmy G was on fire. He was on fire and was on his way to possibly being Super Bowl MVP. I don't get it. Another thing, another note. This week, the NFL released their top 100 ranking for the 2019 season. Jimmy G ranked number 43. I gotta say, I was surprised. I thought he would have, you know, maybe been in the 50s or 60s. 43 is pretty respectable. I'm not gonna lie. For what he did and all the players in the league, Jimmy G is a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback, in my opinion. Has potential to be amazing. But 43, I mean, hey, clearly people in the league obviously rewarded rewarded him with having a great season and making the Super Bowl. He ranked ahead, so Jimmy G was ranked ahead of Dak Prescott, 
Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. Not an amazing list. I would say Jimmy G is certainly better than all those quarterbacks named there. I think Kyler Murray has an ability to jump him just because Kyler Murray, I think, is just more of a, a more talented overall athlete. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just a, is, is definitely have better. He had certain abilities that are better than Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray is just overall just a better athlete. He's mobile. He can run. He can throw. He's quick. Obviously that. But other than that, Jimmy G is better than everyone on that list, hands down. But again, he was ranked 43 out of the top 100 on the list. I just don't understand, and I'll never understand, why a guy who has only started 29 games and is coming off of his first full season as a starter in the National Football League makes a Super Bowl and people just think he can't do it. The Niners couldn't win a game without Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw that in 2017. He comes in, they win every game. 2018, he gets hurt. We were awful again. Awful. He, I'm telling you, he has that effect. He has that effect on a team and a franchise. And if if a quarterback can't come in and spark a team like Jimmy Garoppolo does... And if a quarterback can come into a room and come into a team in a situation or a new organization and spark a team like that, you're not a franchise quarterback. So how in the hell can someone just sit there and just judge a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo and say, he's not a franchise quarterback because he didn't win the Super Bowl and he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders? Oh, hell no. Come on now. Like, like, let, let, let's be serious with ourselves. 23-6 and six as an NFL starter. He made the Super Bowl in his first season. And he's apparently not a franchise quarterback. Come on, man. Like, like let's, let's be real with ourselves. And these are people, you know, nationwide in America. For some reason, just dealt the head. Jimmy G just, everyone just hates Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I get it. He's great looking. What's not to like? He makes the Super Bowl in his first season. I get it if y'all are jealous of him. I totally understand that. I would be too. I'm not because I'm a 49ers fan and I love him. He's a great player. He's a great quarterback. For God's sakes, the Niners are coming off of what? Like four or five seasons of losing football. 2016 and 2017 before Jimmy G got traded. Niners were awful. We won, like, what, three games in, I don't know how many games they played before Jimmy G got traded. They were awful. Absolutely awful. The defense was terrible at that point. And then Jimmy G comes in and is throwing the, you know, Marquise Goodwin and Garrett Selleck and Aldrick Robinson and Lewis Murphy. And we look like a playoff team overnight. But he's not a franchise quarterback. I don't get it. I don't get it. People apparently need to watch more 49ers football or they need to watch more highlights. I don't really know what to get it into people. People just for some reason aren't sold on him. Jimmy G's got a lot to work on. Having said that, if the Niners for some reason, Jimmy Garoppolo, let's say he's healthy and he just has a terrible year and the Super Bowl hangover exists. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to think about the situation. But we but Jimmy Garoppolo would really have to struggle. Because this team on paper is too good. 
And Kyle Shanahan's system is too good. And if Jimmy Garoppolo struggles with the guys we have on this roster, then of course you got to take a look in the mirror and say, I don't know here. And I know people are saying that because the Niners, obviously John Lynch came out and said, yeah, we took a hard look at Tom Brady. And, you know, we're saying, is this the best possible situation for our organization? And here, and here's what I got to say about that. If the best quarterback in the world is on the market for the first time ever, I don't care who the heck you have a quarterback. I don't give a damn who you are. You at least have to sit in a room and look at him and be like, hey, what if we brought in Tom Brady? Like, would it be better? Like, Tom Brady's not, not some, some guy. He's not some quarterback that's just on the market. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of this generation. Like, he's won six Super Bowls. Six. Who does that in this in this generation? Tom Brady does. So if you're if if I were a general manager, I would be like, hey, Tom Brady's on the market. We have a Super Bowl ready team. If we bring him in, we could be better. But they took a look in the mirror and said, you know what? Jimmy Garoppolo went 13 and 3 in his first season. Has some stuff to work on, but it's his first season. He's he has to get better. It's his first full season in Kyle Shanahan's system as well. His first full season, for that matter. Like these little things that you kind of have to understand. That if you have the best quarterback of this generation on the market, why wouldn't you have a conversation? It's just dumb if you didn't. Especially if you're a team like the 49ers and you have a Super Bowl ready team. The roster is set. This is a team that can that can contend for the next few years. It's not going to be the same team for the next five. Obviously, we know that after losing some guys this season. But that's that's the matter of fact of things, and that's that's football. But anyways, it is what it is. That's what I have to say about about that and Jimmy Garoppolo. I really think he's going to thrive this year in his second season under Kyle Shanahan. But we'll see. It's a tough slate. It's a weird year right with the the pandemic and all that but we'll see what happens anyways that was another episode of the 49 away podcast thank you for listening and don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on instagram for more 49ers news and analysis hope everyone has a great week